Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. First things first, if you are a vapor in California and you have purchased five pawns e-liquid in the past, uh, preferably anytime before July or whenever it was they made their blog post, please contact me at clickbangradio at gmail.com. Again, if you are, let's see, a resident of California, you purchase five pawns in California, and you have your receipt. Please email me at clickbangradio at gmail.com. I can't at this point um, go into very much detail, um, but it's something, it's big. And uh, I'll probably be the first to know, and you all will be the second. If you're a vapor in California that has purchased five pawns and you have a receipt, clickbangradio at gmail.com. Okay, uh, so what's on tap for tonight? There was some big-time drama about Five Pawns and Suicide Bunny over the past few days. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, the Confederate flag and a few ways that you can really entertain yourself. Um, okay, so let's start with this. So there was there was a post on Reddit that was uploaded upvoted you know so much that it you, you know you can tell when something's really read by a lot of people on Reddit when it starts poking its head out on other forms of social media. So it went from this post on Reddit guy supposedly blowing the lid off of five pawns and suicide bunny he has all this inf insider information, and then it starts popping up everywhere on Facebook. I probably got about 100 people who messaged it or, or, or asked me about it privately or publicly in, in some way, shape, or form. So needless to say, I was interested. I said, well, somebody's going to have this expose on, on these companies that obviously in the past I've, I've covered with great interest, to put it mildly. So I read it, and, you know, I was really disgusted by what was done. Uh, it's no secret. I'm no fan of these companies, right? God knows what I've done. Everybody knows what I've done. But what this person did is really that the person that made the post with the supposed expose about these companies, uh, Wolfpack and Five Ponds and Suicide Bunny and Vape Wild and whoever else is involved, what this person done is really reprehensible. Um, and quite frankly, it's just plain dangerous. What they did, and who knows who it was because it was made anonymously, what they did was they made a series of extremely damning allegations about the e-liquid manufacturing process, um, how the companies are related, what's the, you know, the stealing of artwork and recipes and, and all this stuff without a single piece of evidence, without a source, and not to mention that, not that we know who the fuck this person is, almost all of what he's saying is second or third hand, and it's it's hearsay. This is not how this is not how to do it. This is this is the wrong way to do it. And like I said, it's dangerous. And here's why. That could be anybody writing anything about anyone. And it sends a really, really dangerous message that somebody is going to put this really, really if if it's true, who would know? There's no way to there's no way to follow up on any of this. No sources, no facts, no evidence, no nothing. 
So if it's true, it's important information. Yeah, it needs to get out there, but that's not how you do it. I mean, I'm not saying you got to be the, you know, the New York Times or anything, but for God's sakes, a source, a piece of evidence, a screenshot, a picture, something, anything, nothing. What this is and, and what happened, the amount of attention this got, it just basically, and this is why I say it's dangerous, it just sends a message to really anybody who wants to fuck with a business that they don't have to have facts. They don't have to have evidence. They don't have to have a source. They don't have to have anything. All they have to do is have an imagination and an account on Reddit. And you can get all the, and you could, you know, perhaps do grave damage to a business and you don't have, all you got to do is make up a story. I think it's really sad that this thing got, you know, here's the problem. A lot of people, they read a headline, which is pretty much all this, this as much substance in the headline as there is in the post. People, a lot of people, and shame on them, but this is just the way it is. A lot of people just read the headline and say, oh, it must be true. So of the 100,000 users in that uh, in that subreddit, in the electronic cigarette subreddit, you know, you probably got about 20,000 20, people who think it's true without even reading it. And, you know, maybe they're idiots for that, but it just sends a message to other companies, to other people, to anybody with a grudge that they can, they can, they can post this horrible information about anyone and, it, and it's going to be promoted the fuck out of... I've never seen anything like this before. And it's really disgusting. I, listen, everyone knows. I, I don't, I, I, I've got no reason, and I'm not defending the companies. I'm just, um, I'm just saying if this is, if this is, if you're going to get information out there, you've got to do it in a responsible way. Anyway, and, this, and the, the sad part about it is, you know, if it's all true, you know, anyone with a brain, you haven't convinced it's just, ugh. it's really scary stuff. It really is. You know, I, I, I try to do what I do with, you know, at least, listen, if somebody tells me that my mother loves me, I get another source, okay? That's, that's ABC of journalism. That was not journalism. That is just, for all I know, making shit up and just throwing it on the wall. And for some reason, people paid attention to it. I don't like it. Okay, so now going, you know, stay on topic, I suppose. This is the, you know, everything's, you know, the things blew up, obviously, after uh, not just what I did last week, um, dozens of blogs were covering this. Even the guy who freaking owns ECF wrote about the diacetyl and acetylpropanol issue in, in, in full. For, it's finally, you know, it's, it's, it, it's been a long time coming, well over a year, I believe. Um, since Dr. Farsalinos's uh, research, finally, finally, it's getting some traction and people are waking up and people are, I don't care if you're mad about it or not. I don't, I don't care how you feel about it. Just as, as long as you know, as long as you know that there is this issue that scientists are deeply concerned about having these, these, these chemicals in e-liquid that these scientists say can cause irreparable damage to your lungs. 
as long as you know about it, I'm okay with that. Then that's that's all I could ever hope to accomplish. And everyone else doing this too. It's having a major effect. I know of no fewer than a hundred companies that now will not be carrying five pawns on their shelves. Another distributor just today dropped it off their uh, off their shelves. I think I have a link to that. I just saw this just before the show. This isn't actual. This isn't just a brick and mortar. It's a distributor. I've been talking to brick and mortar owners. They've been calling. They. This is now. This is hearsay. But at least I'm putting it out there that it is. Um, you know, they said they're asking for refunds. It is not. Uh, that, that that request is not being honored. That's easy enough to verify, though. And Five Pawns is continuing to say that, that, that you know that the that the Cloud Nine study was flawed. Well, what about their study? I mean, hey, thanks for putting out your own test results. But they say the same thing. It's a difference in degree, not of kind. Both studies say that your shit's got tons of uh, got tons of acetylpropanol in it. So why are you looking at the other? Look at your own shit. Look at your own results. Look at the, own, the shit you knew about for a year, for the better part of a year. Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, I should probably pepper the entire broadcast with this. If you are a vapor in the state of California and you have purchased five pawns e-liquid and you have your receipt, please send me an email at clickbangradio at gmail.com. Oh, and this is this is something I thought I'd never do. But if you are an informed consumer and you know about the issue and you still do want to vape liquids that have that are known to have diacetyl and acetylpropyl in it, I say that's fine. And if you want to do that, why not save some money? Because, um, you know, typically five pawns, a 30 mil bottle is like somewhere around $30. So if you're going to, if you're going to buy, if you're going to keep buying it anyway, you might as well, instead of spending $30 for that bottle, you know, spend $5 on it. So there's a company that is blowing out all their five pawns for $5, $5 for a 30 mil bottle. I'm actually advertising for five bonds now. I never saw that one coming. There you go, guys. Have fun with that. Save some money. Five bucks. Good deal. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk uh, with my friend Ed at at greater length about new data that's available, stuff that was used to be behind the paywall, all sorts of stuff about diacetyl acetylpropanol. Um, before I do that, here's what I want to... Oh, and we're going to also talk about nickel wire. There was a really interesting video that came out about uh, the potential dangers of nickel wire, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But let's talk about a couple of other things first. Um, all right, now's as good a time as any just to you know, hit this and start the show.
Okay, so listen, there's been this uh, this huge uproar all over the country about the Confederate flag. Yeah, that guy, Dylan Root, I think it was, some fucking psychopath who happened to have t- pictures taken of him with the conser- with the uh, with what people think is the Confederate flag in the background, and he shot up a black church. And you know, the 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 answer to this is, you know ban the confederate flag more or less uh take it down from the south carolina uh, state capitol walmart start stop selling this this whole hysteria about about a flag right so here's the problem and what i i i haven't seen this on on any news story or anything nobody seems to realize that this this flag, the, the the flag that is flying over the South Carolina um, con, uh, Confederate Veterans Memorial, it's not flying over the state capitol. It's flying over a memorial. Guys, that's not the Confederate flag. There is actually a state capitol that does have the Confederate flag hanging over it. That's in Texas, in Austin, Texas. They fly the real Confederate flag, and it doesn't even look remotely similar to what I would call Dixie, the stars and bars, they, they sometimes call it, you know, the cross with the red, white, you, you know, everyone knows what it looks like, the, the one that's in the news. That's not the fucking Confederate flag. That was never used by the Confederate, that, that, that was never used by the Confederacy. The one in Texas, however, absolutely is. Now, why is Texas flying the real Confederate flag in Austin? And no, Georgia's flag is not really close. It's not. What's going on, Ray? Here's the deal. In Texas, you ever hear the, uh, uh, the I think the saying is six flags over Texas, or just six flags, you know, the, the theme park. The six flags over Texas are the six flags of the sovereign nations that Texas was under at some point in their future. And boy, I should have written these down. I hope I can get it. Um, the six flags are obviously the United States of America, the Confederate States of America, Spain, France, the Republic of Texas. Shit. I knew I should have written these down. Oh, and Mexico. So those are the six flags that are hanging over the Texas, uh, the, the, uh, the state capitol. And if you look at the flag that they fly for the Confederate States of America... It's the real one that looks nothing like the stars and bars. That flag that everyone is up in arms about was never used by any state in the Confederacy as their state flag. It was never used by the Confederate States of America as their official flag. That one is hanging over Texas, which nobody seems to give a shit about. Even if you did care about this, even if you did think that the Confederacy was a symbol of slavery and, and, and hanging the flag, the cross with the stars and bars has nothing to do with that. The only official part of the Confederate States of America that used that flag was the Army of Tennessee, or, yeah, I believe it was the Army of Tennessee. It wasn't even the state of Tennessee. It was their army used it as a flag. I think it was a battle flag or, or something. It doesn't matter. 
How do people not know this? I mean, if you go to Wikipedia, if, if you Google in Wikipedia, the Confederacy, you're going to see right off the bat, you're going to see what the flag is. It's not what everyone is talking about. That flag is a symbol. And that's why I call it Dixie. It's a symbol of the South. It's not a symbol of the Confederacy. It's not a symbol of slavery. It's a symbol of the South. It's about Southern pride. It has almost nothing at all to do with the Civil War or the Confederacy. The only, there, there was actually, like I said, none of, the, none of the states that seceded from the Union actually had the Stars and Bars or Dixie as their official state flag. There was only one territory that seceded from the Union that did use Dixie as their official flag, and that was in New York. There was actually a, a small town in New York, just outside of uh, Buffalo. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Anyway, there was, there was a small town. I mean, we're talking like a thousand people. And they actually seceded from the Union. Nobody really gave a shit. Nobody, because, you know, well, shit. Nobody's going to pay attention to Buffalo. Nobody's going to pay attention to this little podunk outside of Buffalo territory, little town. But anyway, they actually did secede. And they didn't have a real... Or the real Confederate flag. So somebody had, you know, somebody had a Dixie flag for some reason. So they used that. That's as close as you can get. You got to go all, you got to go well north of the Mason Dixon into New York to find anyone who used that, that flag in any kind of co official capacity as a, as a territory that seceded. How are people this dumb? And but when I say, how are people this dumb? I'm also talking about the people who are defending Dixie, who are saying that there's nothing wrong with this. It's a piece of, they're, they're never bring, why wouldn't you just bring that up first? That would be the first thing I would say. Someone's saying, they're flying the Confederate flag over the Capitol in South Carolina. It needs to come down. The first thing I would say is a factual statement. That's not the Confederate flag. It never was. You want to talk about the Confederate flag flying over state capitol, go to Texas. They got it there. You got a problem with it? Take it up with Texas. South Carolina is flying Dixie over a war, a war memorial. How do people not know this? And besides that, I mean, really, it's just the smokescreen. Even if it was the real Confederate flag, it's a piece of cloth. A piece of cloth never hurt anybody. Listen, if I was walking down the street, someone brought this up to me. So if I was walking down the street and I saw, you know, like a Nazi flag with a swastika, would that, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, shit, that's fucking gross. But you know what? I would defend your First Amendment right to do it. I would, I would find it disgusting. But number one, that's the real flag that the Nazis used and the real, you know. But, you know, it's just another example of something that was hijacked. The swastika used for thousands of years in Asian culture. Had nothing to do with it. It was just a symbol of strength. Hitler saw it, thought it looked cool. He made it the symbol of the Nazi party. But for God's sakes, you know, I would say, you know, check your facts so you don't look like an idiot, but it doesn't seem like anyone's even noticed. It's, it's, it's a symbol of the South. That's all it is. 
What's the real issue? The real issue is that this this person who shot up the church, you go back into his the, the beginning, he was, you know, his childhood was, was fucking horrible. He had like three brothers and sisters with three fathers. His, his, his mother was, was terrible. He had a terrible childhood. And terrible childhoods lead to terrible adults. That's the issue. It has nothing to do with the South. It has nothing to do with slavery. It has nothing to do with a flag. It has to do with a human committing horribly violent acts because of a shattered childhood. You won't see that on CNN, though. They want to talk about a flag. Okay. That's good. Um, hey, Ed, if you're uh, listening, uh, call in now or push one or whatever. I just want to talk about a couple things to make your life better. I have ju I just discovered, I don't know how I missed this. Well, it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, there were six seasons of a show called BattleBots. It was on Comedy Central Sports, which who even know there was such, knew there was such a thing, but there was apparently. I didn't know a thing about it. So they, th that went off the air in 2002. And just now, just in June of 2015, ABC, of all networks, decided to, to start again with the BattleBots. And I happened to see the first episode. And, oh my God, is it amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Listen, I love boxing. I love MMA. I think it's great to see, you know, really hardcore competition. But at the end of the day, you know, I like to see a good fight, but I don't like to see people get hurt. And with boxing, it's all too common. You know, you got these guys, they can't even talk or, you know, their hands are shaking when, when they're 70. So, the, you know, the damage that's, that, that's done to, uh, damage that's done to people with boxing is, it's severe and long-term and takes a long time. It's basically your head rattling around in your brain, knocking into the sidewalls. It's, is no good. MMA is actually a safer sport, believe it or not, but the, the the carnage is even a bit rough for me to stomach at times. That's one of the great things about BattleBots. You still have ferocious competition and sometimes, you know, complete annihilation, destruction, death, but it's a machine. So you get, you, you know, there's still rules and everything, you know, there's certain things you can't you can't put on your on your robot, but the, you know they have a set of rules, and then you have these two machines that come out controlled by humans with remote control devices, absolutely slaughtering, carnage, wreckage, explosions, fire. It's amazing, and I love it. I am so addicted to BattleBots now. Um, so there have been three episodes so far. Now, here's what I'm going to give you some links to here. Um, now these episodes on ABC, it's an hour long when you, you know, with all the commercials, it's an hour long, right? Now the amount of actual fighting that happens between the robots in an episode is about 10 minutes. So, you know, you got, you got 10 minutes of awesome battle and 50 minutes of commercials and backstory. A lot of people don't want to be bothered with the backstory. So there's this dude on uh on youtube and basically he just edits down the episodes so it's just the battles 
no backstory, no nonsense, just robot battles, and, and that's it. So that's what he does. He edits them down, so I'll link to that. And also, there is just a ton of all of this old footage from 15-plus years ago of the old BattleBot series. Um, and I'm going to link you to a playlist so you can check out some of that. And um, I just never knew that this was a thing. And and beyond this ABC show, there is this... Oh, and it's great. You got to see, they got this... They got the, the production is fantastic. They, they got this arena, right? They got like hazards. They got like rotating saw blades that pop out of the ground. They got these huge hammers, you know, these pneumatic hammers that drop down. It's basically the same force as dropping a, a car on something. They got these grinder things on the side. These, uh, I don't know what they, these swivelly things where if a, if a machine's able to push another machine into them, they, it just gets like shredded. It's, it's fucking unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, best thing on TV, BattleBots. Check it out. Every, uh, it's every Sunday on ABC, but like I said, and, and, and you know what, the, all the fluff, I'm okay with it. You know, I remember, um, when I went back and I watched some of the older BattleBots, I actually watched some of the stories and one of them, one of them, you know, the first one that I watched, kind of, you got, you got to remember a lot of these guys, they're like. You know, like the, the guy who's got the best robot is like some fucking genius. Like he works for Intel. I mean, he's got tons of uh, of science and, and whatnot, on, you know, at his disposal uh, because of where he works. And he's, and you know, a lot of these guys are certified mechanical engineers with fucking PhDs and shit, right? But a lot of them are just like a father and a son working in their garage trying to make a badass robot that can, you know, fuck shit up. And I remember watching that in one of the originals. Um, it was like a father son. They're talking about, hey, you know, we we're building this robot, and you know, and, and it really it it kind of it kind of hit home for me that story. You know, it, it made me think about when I was when I was in uh, junior high and high school. Um, there was this one time, well, I was in the Boy Scouts, and we uh, we had to build these racing cars, right? And uh, I worked on the pro, you know, just like all the scouts did. We worked on the project with our moms and dads. Uh, for me, I worked in, I worked on it with my dad, and uh, we made this little this little red car. We called it Crossover, and it was just a great looking little car. And I won. That well, I would have won. There was a problem with the track. That's another story. I, I, me and my dad, we built the best fucking car in my whole troop. Fast forward to high school, we did the same thing. When I had shop class, we built ones that uh, were propelled by uh, CO two cartridges. And again, me and my dad, I built the best fucking car by a long shot. So that kind of like, you know, kind of made me feel like, hey, that's that's kind of cool. But then they got all these other stories where it's a bunch of fucking nonsense. And the, the ones I really, that are unfortunate, you know, there are women in this sport too. And I think that's a great thing. But the, the whole, ugh, it's the whole like, you know, I'm a disadvantaged woman. I'm a single mom. What what does that really have to do with your robot? You know, and they have these whole stories. And invariable, invariably, these women with the sob stories end up getting decimated in the first round because their robots fucking suck. And it's just like, you know, are you really helping anything with this? Like, I understand. I I, I like I like female empowerment and, and and the whole thing. But if you're gonna have like a shitty oh woe is me story. And then you're going to get your ass kicked. I mean, who are you really helping there? 
I mean, the producers, they, they, they know the outcome before they air anything, you know? It's like, uh, come on. I mean, for fuck's sake, I mean, one of the robots was made by a, a dozen uh, girls in Catholic school, and the thing was just a joke that barely started. It's like, come on, what are you doing? But then there's the robot <laughs> built by this guy who's a plumber, right? And he's like, yeah, I build a robot with my wife. And his wife's like, I like guns and fuck and fighting robots, <laughs> you know, and his robot kicks ass. Now, that's a story I like. Anyway, like I said, the link I shared, you know, you don't have to watch any of the backstories. You just want to see robots kick the shit out of each other. There you go. Fucking awesome show. It's really unbelievable. These robots are everything to me. Another show I highly recommend just started its third season because there's there's really hardly any new shows out in the summertime, you know? Um, and this isn't a new show. This is a, a new season of Ray Donovan, which um, is, I believe it's on Showtime. And it's basically like, it's it's very, it's similar in a lot of ways to The Sopranos. The, uh, the main guy, Ray Donovan, is in many ways similar to Tony Soprano, but instead of being an obese Italian mobster, he is uh, Lee of uh, Schreiber is his last name. Lee of Schreiber, I think is his name. Anyway, he's like fucking jacked up, really handsome. Um, well, he plays a Irish, not really a mobster, but like a guy in the business of uh, protecting bad people, really. And it's 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 got all of the drama of the Sopranos with none of the shtick. Lots of sex, lots of violence. Highly recommended. All right, let's go back to talking about vaping for a change. Oh, and I got another. Got something going on with the. I tried these stone crabs. I'll talk about that later because I got Ed waiting here. Hey, Ed, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I, I watch Battle Is there any way you, you can... see the MIT? Hold on a second. Is there any way you can get a better signal somehow, use a headset or move closer to a window or something? Uh, is this any better? Marginally. Uh, let me try something else. Uh, how about this? Is this any better? Yes. Yes, it is. What were you saying about the MIT guys? Uh, BattleBots, too. Uh, did you see the MIT guys that went out there and uh, after they lost or after they, were, uh, they got beaten up that they refused to shake the hands of the other guy because they were basically MIT guys and uh, they wanted to complain about a late hit? Yeah, I did see that, and I think that was great. I think that added to the drama. First of all, their robot was actually pretty good, and the guy they were, the, the guy's robot who they were fighting, he's basically like, I mean, uh, I suppose the reigning champion, but I mean, you know, the show's been off the air for 13 years. But his robot is actually really awesome and has competed 15 years ago and was fucking kicking ass and taking names. It's a great robot. So they, um, their battle with him was really razor close. I mean, it could have gone either way. And what happened was after the, the timer ran out, the guy, you know, rammed it again clearly after the clock, which is, you know, for, for a guy who's a veteran, that's kind of a dick move. I mean, he was he was saying that it was an accident. It was not an accident. I mean, he did, and that's very poor sportsman. You know, that's unsportsmanlike conduct. So I don't really blame them for not shaking the guy's hand. Yeah. Well, the, the, 
I thought it was an accident because those things don't really have brakes. They just, you just have to, you know, it was just in its path. The bell rang and it was just continued on. But, but that's a debate. Uh, how about the other guy that uh, put the box up uh, with the gift and then it was a swinging robot and it hit the box and there was a net inside? Did you see that one? Yeah, that guy's robot is called Complete Control and that was one of the best robots also from the original series. He kind of took the role of the heel in the in the original series. But I mean, the robot, you know, when it, you know what one thing they've done with this season of BattleBots is the way it used to be. There were weight classes, just like in boxing where you got, you know, bantamweight and middleweight and heavyweight and super heavyweight, they used to have those weight classes. And I really think it added to the show because, you know, with the little robots that were really, really fast, but didn't necessarily, weren't necessarily like super strong. It was kind of like a battle of like trying to, you know, fuck people up with the hazards and, and stuff like that. And then when you got into the middleweights where you got more power, they could do some damage where, and then when you got to the super heavyweights, it was like, you know, the, the hazards in the arena were not a factor at all. And it was just a matter of, you know, carnage and, you know, brute force so they've done away with all that now so that robot can tr complete control which used to be a middleweight now they only have one weight class and you could build anything you want up to 250 pounds so he had to make a larger robot and it's unfortunate like the thing you're talking about he basically put a he, he literally put like a box with a bow on it and it had a net in it and the net you know he was going up against a robot that had a spinning blade as, as its main weapon so he just put a box with fishing with a not fishing net, like with like a you know like a net, he put a net in a box. So as soon as the robot hit him, the net entangled the uh, the other guy's uh, blade. Now in the past that was illegal, but for some reason they made a stupid change where they took that out as being illegal. But they really didn't mean to; they were just sloppy. So it ultimately didn't count. It was just ruled a do over. But then when they did it over, you know the guy's robot, complete control, which is an excellent robot. Um, just, I don't know, tripped up on a piece of the floor and, and it fucked itself up. Uh, I don't know what was going on with that, but it's a shame because that is an excellent robot and it really could have been one of the few that could challenge those badass ones with the, you know, super fast splitting, you know, like uh, Last Rites or the, or, or the whatever, the other one. Um, it's a shame. It's a great robot. Yeah, and they, didn't, they did not invite him back either. No, they didn't. And it's they, too they bad. They had the option to let him come back. It's too bad because, and you know the other thing? One new thing they're allowing this season, which is on the surface a good idea. They're allowing flamethrowers now. Um, now, most of the robots that have used flamethrowers, um, it doesn't seem to be particularly effective, although the spinning bot um, Ice Wave... Uh, that went up against. Oh no, no, it wasn't Ice Wave. It was one of the flippers. I think it was. I think it was Toro. Now they, they went up against one of these. Uh, one of these machines where it had a flamethrower, and the machine got right under it and turned the flamethrower on. Now it didn't look like it did any damage, but if you, they, they did an interview with a guy afterwards, and it turns out it actually uh, it did destroy one of the motors. But he has such an advanced computer system inside that. Um, uh, the software was able to compensate for it mostly, but the but overall the flamethrowers haven't been great. But the one on complete control, it wasn't a flamethrower; it was a torch. Like picture, like you know, the torch you use to get your canthar wire into a microcoil. It was like one, but it was like you know eight inches in diameter. I mean, it looked like a really badass torch. It's a shame because I think the whole point of that robot was to grab someone, pull it up, turn on the flame, and the thing would have eventually just it really would have fucking cause damage it's a shame that he got knocked out and didn't get asked back because some of the choices they they made for wild cards were um pretty dubious like the one 
you know, the one they did, the SpaceX, oh, they actually won that one. There's this one robot, this chick, she's hot as can be. She's full of tattoos, dyed, dyed hair. I mean, she's hot. Um, you know, in the original BattleBot, she was 13, so you, you're not allowed to think of her that way back from the originals. But she's 28 now, so it's okay. So she, she made this robot, which was a fucking complete joke that had no business being in the tournament at all. And they made some other decisions with the wild cards that were highly suspect. But I don't know. Go, moving forward, it should be a good tournament. And, uh, yeah, like I said, best show on TV. Right, right. So there, we got a, we got a few vaping topics we want to talk about tonight, right? How do you, I want, uh, what do you want to do first? You want to talk about diacetyl, acetylpropanol? You want to talk about nickel wire? I'll leave it up to you. Uh, might as well go with uh, the, the DAA since you've already talked about it a little bit. Okay, that's good. Um, all right, I'll let you do an introduction to what uh, we're going to be talking about. And in the meantime, while you start talking, I'll go find that. Uh, Farsal Dr. Farsalinos, remember that study he did way back? It was always like behind a paywall, but now it's not behind a paywall anymore. So let me fish that out and I'll let you do the intro. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean... Uh... Well, it's, it's, it's hard to figure out where to start, but uh, with diacetyl and AP, well, it started off with diacetyl, which is a butter flavoring that's put into e-liquids that is uh, to give a creamy flavor. And that was first done uh, back in the beginning, 2009, 2010. Uh, people figured out that uh, on Reddit, essentially, that there was a problem with that because of all the different uh, popcorn lung stuff. So from there, Reddit created a list that had e-liquids that did not have acetylpropanol, uh, sorry, uh, diacetyl, and uh, people basically uh, used that list on Reddit, and it was posted in many other places, on what to, uh, on what to buy or what to suggest to other people. What it turned out that happened uh, is that to get the diacetyl-free branding, the flavor makers, uh, and probably the flavor makers first, uh, decided to interject uh, acetylpropanol on it, AP. Uh, acetylpropanol is a manufactured element or, or, or molecule. And so while people will say that diacetyl uh, comes uh, from fermentation, and that is true, and then it can possibly create a little bit of itself uh, by itself, uh, AP is added into the e-liquid. It's not done accidentally. So right. whoever whoever is marketing a flavor with AP in it, um, you know, whatever flavor house, say, example, Flavor West, if it has AP in it, it's because they put it there. It's right. not because of any other thing. It, it had to be put there. Agreed. So from there... Uh, Basically, the, the Reddit list, people would want it to, I, I guess there's, I, I do not vape cream flavors because of my fear of diacetyl. Uh, and and how I simply avoid it is I just look for flavors that don't have cream in them. Uh, I currently vape a Coca-Cola flavor right now. Uh, that's my, my go-to vape. I'm looking for a good root beer again. I, I just don't vape those type of flavors. I have, at, at a time's tasted a couple, I got a strawberry smoothie, and it made me cough, um, and enough to where I just threw the bottle away. Um, so I, I think that I'm sensitive to it, but I can't really tell. Uh, but So I looked, I've looked up all the information as far as both of these things, uh, and then what happened is that more or less uh, the vaping community, uh, for the most part, thought that if 
something said diacetyl free that it was free of those uh, two elements. Uh, and the difference between diacetyl and acetylpropanol is one carbon molecule. So they're basically a clone of each other. They look exactly the same, except one has a little extra thing dangling off of it. Uh, and so uh, the OSHA and, and all the other people have done studies uh, on diacetyl uh, and AP both. Uh, and they've used little mice, mice, mice models. Um, and some people think that the mice don't aren't a fair uh, treatment to what a human would do, but they've done they've actually published a study where it takes just the mouse and they they validate that testing on a mouse will work for a human, and they do all the standoffs and compensations to make sure that the, what what the, what they when they cut up the mouse that what they see in the mouse's lungs is attributable to what a human would see with diacetyl. Uh, basically a mouse breathes through its nose more often than it does its mouth. So it's not going to get deeper into the lungs. So for humans, uh, when they're vaping, they're actually going to be pulling it in more into the lungs. So a mice would actually underestimate the damage. Yeah. And when they, and, and even, and even if you are evaluating, uh, breathing in through the nostrils on a rat versus a human, a rat actually has more filtration, um, more, uh, their 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 uh, their 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 system, whatever you want to call it, uh, is more robust to uh, filtering out pollutants than the human system is. Right, uh, but but some people think that it does. It, it, you won't be able to use mice, but they, they've actually done a whole program for diacetyl where they. They just validated that the way that they're, it's going to, the results are valid. They just, you know, it's like a standoff. Uh, they, 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 all the compensation has been done. So I have no reason to believe that what they're finding in mice is not going to be valid. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, then uh, Dr. F basically, uh, between diacetyl and, and AP, uh, well, well, if you go through Reddit and ECF, you can see plenty of people concerned about them both from 2000 to 2014, I think most people thought, and certainly that was the marketing by people, that uh, they said diacetyl-free and everything's good to go. Uh, when Dr. F's study came out uh, June of 2014, it, he made it clear that uh, AP is the same problem, and uh, he gave all those different numbers for, mm -hmm. for that. Yep. Uh, after that. After that, you know, uh, I don't know what uh, – no, the, the problem with the Dr. F study, uh, and, and it's something that, that I, you know, I kind of got in trouble for because I was asking for it, uh, did not – what I was asking for is that they release the names of the vendors. Right. That didn't happen. Then I asked if they would re release the names of the flavor houses, uh, and they wouldn't do that. And then they also would not uh, give out any information – uh, as far as who was marketing it one way or marketing it the other way. So the problem with it is that uh, if people had their favorite e-liquids and, and it, the site still said diacetyl-free, that, that could still be true, uh, but it's not really solving the real problem. So I, I think that vapors didn't have anything to know what to do with. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, the suicide bunny testing came out, and uh, we, we more or less got to, to where we're at now. Yeah. Um, a couple other things is that uh, 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 
Oliver from ECF did a post, uh, and uh, I can even put that into the link. Um, yeah, I'll get it for you. Did a, a pretty, pretty well uh, written post, and when I first read it, I, I took exception to it. But then uh, I think the problem was that he was using the King's English, and I was just using uh, American. And so I, I think that there was a little bit of loss in translation. But the, what what he first said is that uh, uh, that the only people besides uh, for popcorn lung that have the uh, that, that have the problem that's been observed is in with lung transplant patients, and that's just not the truth. There's other uh, other causes, uh, and other people uh, will get it. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis people will get it. Uh, there's a batch of uh, Iraqi veterans that got it, um, and, uh, you know, mustard gas will do it. Um, I don't think that's how they got it. But what is also true, and the point that he was trying to make, is that a, a cure for, uh, for uh, you know, a popcorn lung or a bronchial obliterans uh, is that you will, uh, is that you replace the lungs. Ironically, uh, and this was his point, is that a side effect of a lung transplant in anybody can be, uh, you know, um, BO, uh, bronchial uh, obliteronis or popcorn lung, we'll call it. So that, that's just kind of an ironic twist of fate, that you can get this problem uh, otherwise. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been some people that, that think that you will have to wait a whole bunch of years before you see it in vapors and that there's no way to test for it uh, unless you uh you know do a, a biopsy or or cut open the lungs in an autopsy that's not the case there there are ways that they can test it with with various cat scans and other things like that but one of the reasons why it's it's not diagnosed as much as it should be why it's underdiagnosed is because when a person is resting their uh, their lungs uh the uh, the bronchial tubes and all that stuff are already constricted and so if a doctor puts a stethoscope up to you and says, breathe in, breathe out, it's going to sound okay because everything's already constricted and you're just breathing normally and the pathways are supposed to. The problem shows up when they're supposed to be dilated uh, and they don't open up. So uh, everything sounds fine because they're, they're like, you know, stiff little tubes, but they're supposed to expand into large tubes. And that's what this disease does is it does not allow the uh the hardened uh, uh lungs to uh to open back up and that's why one of the ways they test for it is if you know they give a, you a bronchial dilator it's your lungs don't open up that's that's just because they're all hardened up so a lot of people think uh that you, you should see it in vapors uh by now because we've been doing it for seven years uh that that's just a really bad assumption because number one is that not everybody uses that those e-liquids and number two uh if you go into your doctor and you just say breathe uh he would not even see the signs um unless he was really really looking for it and, and did some advanced testing i think so that's I, kind of where yeah. we stand now and, and i agree um, i agree and then i agree with you the, about the, the you know the whole thing why, why we're not seeing the issue yeah vaping's been around for seven years but you know how many vapors can you find that have been vaping for seven years? You, you can probably the, the people that you personally know you can probably count on one hand, or maybe you don't even use a finger. Most of most of the people who are vaping, the, the vast majority have been vaping for two years or less at this point. They don't know about the issue. Um, also, the amount of these chemicals being used has skyrocketed 
over the past few years because of the popularity and because these these buttery flavors, these custard flavors, they taste so good. People have been using it a lot more over the past few years. Yes, we knew about the issue back in uh, in 2009, but even back then, they weren't using a lot of it. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing, um, there was there was no device that went above 12 watts back then, if that, you know. There was a, it was a break, the Darwin was a breakthrough that could actually go to 12 watts. You know, now we've, we've got devices going up to 200 watts on low, uh, on low ohm coils. So now you have this, this huge volume of vapor getting inhaled very, very deeply into the lung with very high concentrations. Um, like, for example, the Cloud9 test showed five ponds at over 2,500 parts per million, more, more acetylpropanol in the bottle than actual nicotine. Um, so the, 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 there are a bunch of new um, circumstances, new, new factors that didn't exist five years ago that have only existed for the last couple of years at best. So when are you going to see this? I don't know. I think if there are people that are using this one type, you know, a, a flavor that has high concentrations on a low wattage, uh, I'm sorry, on a, on a low resistance, high wattage setup, um, do I think it's feasible that you can get these kind of results in, in seven to 10 years? Yeah, definitely. I And, you know, every, you know, people keep bringing up the fact that they say, well, it's still safer than smoking. Well, in most regards, that's probably true. Um, there is no smoke. There is no tar. There are no, none of the chem most of the chemicals that are in cigarettes. But you're, you're, the, the, the way you're using the product is completely different. With smoking, you take a puff, you, you take it. A, you know, there's no smoker who's who's taking anything even close to uh, a hit, like a, like a like a mouth to a lung inhale that, that produces, like that you can cl cloud an entire room with one exhale, no, no, no smoker is doing that. So it's, it's, there's some things that yes, of course, smoking is, is much more dangerous than, 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 than vaping. But with this one issue with the, with the DA or the AP, um, I think you can, you're going you can have some serious scarring given the right circumstances, some serious scarring to the lungs. And could you see somebody get diagnosed with this within the next five years? Uh, I think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be a ton of it. Well, I, I don't know. If the, I, I don't know the answer if there will be a ton or not. I, I hope I really I'm wrong. Don't know. And, and well, and the other thing is that that you know, diacetyl and AP are in cigarettes, and so it's the same thing. So a lot of people th have said, pointed to this one study that says the conclusion at the end is that uh, because uh, you know, di diacetyl is in cigarettes, and it's not a uh, consequence. Uh, uh, you know, uh, popcorn lung isn't part of uh, smoking, uh, is what they say. Uh, that means that it, it's probably not a cause. They, they try and say that diacetyl is okay. And that's been published by, uh, for example, uh, uh, Mountain Baker Vapor. Uh, and so th there, there's a problem with that uh, just because, uh, you know, if, if I was to start smoking right now, uh, I would be fine for seven years. Sure, I, I wouldn't have any symptoms. Yeah, yet. we all, we, so we all know that. Are, we all know that. I mean, how many of us started smoking when we were sixteen? And you know, by twenty six, was was there really anything wrong with you? You smoking a pack a day? Not really. You know, so you know these things. These things take time. Right, and, and so it, it's it's in there. Um, so what was my next point? I had some other point. Well, you were mentioning uh, you were mentioning. And I think this is a good thing to bring up. You were mentioning that there's companies like 
uh, Mount Baker Vapor, Co uh, I think Cosmic Fog put something out like this, uh, and of course Five Ponds, explicitly stating that there is no scientific evidence that uh, acetylpropanol is something you need to be worried about. And I just think that's recklessly irresponsible when all of the science that has been done strongly, strongly disagrees with that statement. Um, I think it's really irresponsible. Um, I think they're setting themselves up maybe for something unpleasant to happen to them um, by making those kind of statements publicly. It's not true. It's not true at all. We know exactly what these molecules do to the lungs. It's just a question of how much are you taking in over how much time. It's going to do the damage. It will absolutely do the damage. This is a, it is a scientific fact. It's going to happen. Listen, if you're a vapor and you're okay with that, you've made that choice, that's fine. Go for it. But for God's sakes, you shouldn't have these people who are looking for answers, having the companies who do have these, these liquids that are, that are spreading flat-out misinformation. It's just wrong. Right, and, and so the, the Reddit list actually really worked well, and I, I think you can give – I mean, I saw it on Reddit before I even started vaping, uh, so I'm assuming that's where most of it was done. I, it might have been – whoever, you know, whatever team or wherever, the hats off should go to them because that, that they, they kind of put it on the map, uh, whoever that, that – you know, the whole matrix that did that. And I can say that it worked because if, if I look, and I'm looking at it right now, the Vapor Shark e-liquids, if you look at the entire list of about 250, I only see two that are in the red for diacetyl. They, 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 they removed them. They, they, the people brought it down. They, they, it's, it's gone, essentially. For, for the most part, you can say that diacetyl was removed. Uh, so when people say it's diacetyl-free, they're right. Uh, but it's not AP-free. just more or less say that. What's that? But it's not acetylpropanol-free. Right, but when the Reddit really focused on on diacetyl, and 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 then people said we're going to be diacetyl free, and they did that. So if you're like a new juice vendor and you're and you're buying your flavors from a, you know a large flavor company, any number of them, and they they said you, you know guess what you know all of the stuff we're selling you is diacetyl free, you're good to go. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, and that's what happened, except the problem is that a lot of them just replaced it with AP and said, you know, AP, those are two, you know, two different letters than diacetyl. And, uh, you know, so it's okay. So that, I think that's where we have a problem now because, it, you know, like for example, Cyclops, uh, I read their letter and they said we did testing and, you know, we're, we're trying to get it out. And I actually believe that, that Cyclops is trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get it out. And they said they're going to triple test and all and other stuff. Uh, and, and there's some other people that, uh, that have been surprised by the numbers. Like you, the two phone calls that you did, they both said that they reformulated and they were working on it. So, you know, both those companies, and I don't remember who they are right now, uh, at least they, it's when they became aware of it, they, they started to remove it. So there's different, all, there's so many different e-liquid uh, companies, they're in different stages of, of growth. You know, some of them are small and growing and trying to do the right thing, and other ones are large. Uh, so uh, I think that most people are, are, are trying to do the right thing. Uh, what, what is different with Five Ponds is that they are saying, uh, and this is the way I read what they're saying, is that they will continue to use acetylpropanol because they believe it's safe. And they say they're going to come out with a new line that doesn't have it, but they're, they're not saying they're going to change their existing lines. And, and they're, they say that they're going to generate new science 
and, and have investigations go on, uh, which will, will prove that acetylpropanol is safe. Um, I don't think there's any possible way that's going to happen. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, something miraculous will come out. But I've looked at a ton of studies, and, you know, uh, the, the amount of vapor that they're giving to the mice before they cut them open is sometimes just like 400, and they're, you're exposing them for six hours to that, and then they cut them open, and they're already seeing effects to the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's that, but when, when it's 400, that's in a constant bath. That's not like they're breathing it one by one. Uh, so it's the numbers are, are still need to be tweaked, but it's doing something in six hours. So that kind of freaks me out just by itself. That's enough for me to you know to panic out and be a pussy. That's a great point. Uh, and, and just won't. Eat. I, I, yeah. So, so the the question that came up with Oliver because I, I had uh, you know uh, did a comment on his post is uh, it, it all boils down to uh, what some people say. Um, and, and, you know, they go on their shows and say, say that so long as it's labeled with DA and AP, uh, isn't that enough uh, of a thing to do? Then people can buy what they want to buy. And, and that's kind of the, the open question. Uh, should people be able to buy it uh, in our new little industry here if it's labeled that way? And so that's kind of a, a controversial, uh, well, a well, controversial I guess, question. I, well, I guess. Well, I guess the question is not really should people be allowed to buy it. Uh, yes, the, you know, the answer to that is yes. Uh, label, no label. People should uh, be allowed to buy it as a, as a consumer. Um, that question will no longer exist after the FDA gets done with us. Uh, I I cannot imagine. I know they know about these chemicals, and I know they're not. Uh, I'm, I'm. I bet the farm that they, they won't allow it. But that's, you know, for another day, another year probably. But in the interim, I believe... Well, yeah, just I be- real quick on that. It, it, yeah. yeah, just real quick on that. Is that at both the last two FDA workshops, both of these chemicals came up. There was presentations on it. Yes. And uh, the lady was from NIOSH, uh, National Institutes of Occupational Safety and Hazard, I think it is. Uh, and and they she's been working on it for a while. They're getting ready to publish their, like, final final word on it um and people asked her why is it taking her so long um you know and she gave the standard well you know resources blah 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 but they are going to publish it there's no way i absolutely agree uh, i don't see any way how the fda is going to say that if this is an ingredient that it will be approved the thing is is that people will be able to sell it likely for another two years yes um and so if it's if it's labeled with AP and 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 diacetyl on the bottle and people are aware of it, uh, should it be in a retail shop? It, 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 yeah, that's another way of phrasing the same controversial question. Well, I guess well the question I think that's that's interesting to discuss is is a notification on the label something along the lines of this product does or this product may contain. Um, diacetyl and or acetylpropanol like is that enough um, does that does that make the manufacturer are they being responsible enough with it and I would say no because nine out of ten people who are going to buy that product don't know what those chemicals are they don't know what they mean they don't know what they do so I don't think it's enough to be con- to, to, to say all right you know we put it out there I don't know how a 
liquid manufacturer is going to put enough information into the hands of their consumer. It would have to be more than just something on the label. It would have to be like a piece of paper where they could read it and say, hey, you know, go here to find out more information. I think once you once you get to that point, maybe that's enough. But just, you know, how much how much can you how much text can you put on a little bottle? This this product may or may may contain diacetyl or acetylpropanol. I don't see how you could put enough information on a bottle that would say, okay, you've done your due diligence. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it as possible uh, that because if you know if it says that, and then it's more of a liability to the store owner because if they're selling that, um, they can get ripped. I think uh, you know. I hate lawyers uh, in general uh, because I, I I call them uh, profiteers on human misery, and that's all they look for uh, is how to profit on any any bad thing, and they will probably. Uh, they could probably screw people up if if there's if a lawyer is already suing a guy that took a eighteen three fifty in his pocket and had it uh, bounce off his keys and cause an explosion, you know h- how is a shop to protect itself uh, if they're selling this stuff? I, I don't. I, it's just ugly. Um, so I won't use it personally. Uh, and does a notification because some people like to talk on their shows and say, you know, I'm not telling you not to use it. Um, I, I think we probably need to go that direction is not to use it. And if it seems like there's other, there are ways that people can get it. I mean, I've tried a, uh, one of the guys at the FDA uh, was uh, Ben Johnson's uh, e-liquid. And, and I got a, uh, one of the only, <laughs> one of the few things I've ever got out of vaping is I got a 15 mil bottle of his cream, uh, CR3AM. Uh, and that stuff was really good. Uh, it was, and it, it's, it tests well. Uh, it has a small amount on it right now, uh, but I, I, talking to him, it, that's probably going to even come down lower than the 11 it's already at. Um, and so I think it's just a giant myth when people say that, you know, vapors need these flavors in order to stay off smoking. And if for some reason these flavors went away, all of these pouty uh, cryberry bee vapors are going to go run and, you know, grab their cigarettes again. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. See, well, but that, that's the argument that that's the argument that, you know, that people use is that if these flavors went away, uh, you know, if these ingredients went away, the flavors wouldn't be there and they would go back to smoking. And that's, uh, you know, the kind of the, the, the argument that they use. There are literally. And, and then the, there's at, the slippery at, slope argument. Yeah. And well, at the, and at this point, there are literally because there are so many, I, I'd like I, I'd like to one day say the majority. But at this point. There is uh, certainly a group of, of companies out there that are extremely concerned about this issue and also extremely concerned about making a product that people want that tastes good. There are hundreds of flavors on the market at this point that are creamy and buttery, that have no diacetyl and no acetylpropanol. Um, my personal opinion, I've tried several of them. They taste great. You know, they, t- they taste wonderful. They taste as good as, as, you know, anything else that does have it in it. So it, it's not... It can be done. They just don't want to do it. The company, the companies that have these great tasting flavors that have tons of, of uh, more likely acetylpropanol in it, they don't want to do it. They don't want to take the time. I, I heard from one manufacturer that said, Russ, you know, we, we were trying really hard to make one of these, these cereal type flavors, you know, this Fruit Loops and Milk thing. We were, it took us like the better part of five months to do it, but they did it. You know, they took the time, they did it. And it's, there's absolutely none in it. It can be done. The companies, they're just lazy. They don't want, either they don't want to, they're just, they don't, either they don't care that much about the issue and they're happy with 
there are 90% of their customers who don't even know what these chemicals are to continue to buy it. Um, they don't want to take the time to do it. They're happy with the sales. Yeah. And, and some of the, you know, from the, what, what, uh, what vapor shark did was absolutely fantastic. And, and you can see like a company, which is, uh, in the news a lot because of, Apparently, unicorn puke has been, they did a study on it, and it's the most popular flavor uh, with kids, they say. Uh, and so uh, that's why they, they keep on talking about You, you probably might have heard, uh, in whatever survey did that, uh, you know, some, some uh, grad student did a survey of somebody, and uh, unicorn puke is supposedly very popular. And then they love the label. But if you look at the test results, everything from Lost Arts, it passes uh, against the, the standards. They're all good uh, as far as the levels. Uh, so it's certainly possible, and it's certainly not a one-size-cuts-all. It's not like only the, 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 you know, the best flavors are, are being used uh, without ingredients. So it's, it's easy to avoid. It should be, at least. Yeah, so it can, it can where it stands now is that, that, that it looks like companies are going to dig in and insist that AP should continue to be used. And, you know, I, I only have my own opinions on what the FDA was going to do and what I would do and what would be in the best interest of any shop selling products. But that's, even if they were to label it, I don't think they, they get around this uncomfortable question of whether it should be sold at all. Even though there's no regulations right now, should they stop selling it? And, you know, everybody can have their own opinion, but it looks like companies will be digging in and saying we're going to continue to sell it that way. It's, um, it's, there's two different, you know, when you talk about, you know, like a brick and mortar, for example, um, it's probably hard. Well, I don't know. Why is it harder? I'm, I'm thinking of the organizations like the, the Canadian trade organization, the biggest trade organization in Canada for uh, electronic cigarettes. Um, they you know, they have uh, standards for liquid, you know, for if you're a member of their association, there are certain standards that the liquids must pass and that must be, it must be under a certain level of uh, diacetyl and acetylpropanol. Now, when they saw um, the results, not that Cloud9 published, but that Five Pawns published themselves, they decided to rip everything off the shelf. They, they decided to, they said, if you're a vendor, if you're one of our members, you can't sell their stuff. You want to sell their stuff? Okay, you're not in our association anymore. You know, so it's, 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 it's at the end of the day, it's completely voluntary. And this is going on in the UK also. There was an organization, there's um, with distributors and, and organizations. So on the one hand, what, so what are they doing? How do they get this? And they're saying, if you, you know, want our gold seal or whatever it is, you got to provide test results that show that it's under a certain level. Um, I suppose brick and mortar vendors, they could do a similar thing. And it's simply just asking really the same question. So you're a brick and mortar vendor. How many, how many lines can you possibly carry? Even though you're, you're a huge store, what do you carry, 20? I mean, 20 would be a ton. Uh, I, I don't think many do. But still, that's, that's 20 phone calls, right? Okay, if you want to be in our store, you got to show us results. And at that point, you know, once they get those results, you know, their ass is covered at that point. Um, do I think there should be an, another level of, you know, third party testing? Yes, that would be nice, but at least, you know, making 20 phone calls, it's not that much or, or even 20 emails, you know, how, how long would that take just to cut and paste one email to your, to your 20 
uh, e-liquid vendors that you sell in your store. I'm not talking about a huge time investment here. If you're really serious about this issue, if you really care, if you really want to carry liquids that you know to, to the best of your knowledge are not going to have these chemicals that, that, that you're concerned about, it doesn't take a lot. Right. And I, if the industry could, you know, uh, if, if I were going to do a crowdfunding thing, I would want to simply test the flavor makers, flavor art, flavor apprentice, uh, Pella, uh, some of the other big ones, uh, uh, flavor art, um, and, and just test their, their, if people, if all the vendors got together and tested the, the raw components, because most of them are using the same palette colors or flavors, uh, to paint their or mix their juices. If you know what your source is, it's AP uh, does not self-create. You can't just pour 15 ingredients in the bottle, shake it up, and then suddenly AP forms. It's an added thing. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you start off with your base, uh, that, you know, and that, that that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's, it, it seems like some of the flavor houses are already going to do that uh, anyway. Uh, flavor Apprentice in Scotts Valley over here, uh, they uh, they publish a lot of their information already of what what's inside of theirs, uh, and then the flavor art has their entire uh, their line. So it, it's it's definitely doable. There's there's plenty of examples of uh, you know the vapor bar uh, shells company uh, has a whole line that they've tested and it, it can be done. So uh, you know I I can't imagine again I don't vape them but I can't imagine that diacetyl or AP makes the e-liquid that much better than these people that have done it the other way around, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that solved the issue. Um, so I don't know where we go from here. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, an effective way to, to deal with this issue would be for the consumers to be educated, but enough to, to make the, the choice for themselves. And, and many of us are and have either chosen to continue or cease um, the problem is, like I said, I kept bringing up this person, you know, the, the random guy who just, the only thing he does with vaping is, you know, he does it instead of smoking. Now he walks into a store, he buys this stuff. He, he goes home. He doesn't go on the internet. He doesn't watch videos. This, none of that is a part of his life. There is no way he's ever going to get that education unless somebody physically, you know, says, Hey dude, by the way, you know, so educating the consumer is a good thing. It's never going to create the market demand necessary to really get this stuff out of all the liquids. But the store owners, they do know. They do pay attention. They are on the Internet. Um, I, and the trade organizations also. I think there really is a, ch a chance. And, and just what we've seen over the past week, from just what I'm aware of, over 100 um, different brick and mortars, just absolutely just ripping five pawns off the shelf. I think that's a good, I think that's a good start. I think it's also time to start asking all your other vendors whether or not this is in. It can be done. I think it really has to be done on the people who are selling it because you're never going to be able to educate all the people who are buying it. Um, and we'll see if that happens. Right. But boy, it's been a good start. Um, we'll see where it goes over, over the next few months. But, you know, you know, it's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that what go ahead. A, a lot of the companies, you know, that I've – a lot of the brick and mortars that I've talked to – it's not, you know, part of it is, yeah, they don't want to sell stuff that's potentially dangerous to their customers, of course. But a lot of the, a lot of them, the, the reason why they decided just to completely stop selling five pawns in particular 
Yes, it has to do with the, the issue that the chemical is likely in it. If you believe five bonds, they say it is. Um, it's that they lied for so long that they knew since last September. And then they continued to tell people that no, there is none in it or or all of the, the questions they've gotten. They, they never got back to anybody and told anybody about it for nine months, only when under an extreme amount of pressure did they put their own results out and said, and, and okay, that's, I'm glad they did that. I'm not so sure that they're glad that they did that at this point. But what happened during those last nine months where they they didn't say anything? They didn't say, they didn't say a word. And people who continue to ask the question were continue to be lied to. That's why I think, you know, a lot of these brick and mortars, that you know, Five Pawns visits the shop, says, we got the best lab. We got the most advanced uh, manufacturing process. Um, we don't have diacetyl. We don't have acetylpropanol in the liquid. And they happily continued telling those brick and mortar owner uh, owners nothing as they continued to place orders. What do you think that when they were considering taking you on as a line, when they asked those questions, do you think that it suddenly became something they weren't concerned about? No, they, they, they were, they're still concerned about it. The reason they brought the line in was because you told us it didn't have the shit in it. That was one of the questions that they asked. So they're they're actively, they were at least actively engaging in deceit and lying. And that's why the you know, one reason why they just said, fuck it, this is going right off the shelf. Um Well to, to to be fair, I mean I'm not sure um I mean the the one thing that the doctor of study did did the best uh was that it explained that AP was a problem and, and if you had to read it, you had to be informed by it, and you had to listen to different shows. But if, if you did all of that, and, and again, I would probably say that only 20% or, or maybe 10% of the vaping world listens to any of that stuff, probably less, less. Uh, is that, yeah, is, is that uh, people that were, were, were saying that it was free of this stuff uh, had just simply switched to AP. Uh, and so that's how they got there. For, for a company that was doing everything that as best they could, they were they were buying ingredients. They were making sure that the ingredient suppliers, uh, you know, were, were telling them the right things. Uh, that they still ended up with AP and their juice. And, and maybe it was those two companies that you just talked to there that their their own personal testing was trailing, but they were they were honestly and earnestly trying to do the right things. Uh, and then they got caught with their pants down. Uh, but th the other thing is that. You know, I have looked, and I have not seen anywhere uh, where Five Ponds says that they don't have acetylpropanol, and I can't see that independently myself anywhere. So when people are saying that they lied, I'm not sure. I can't see that when it comes to AP because I just don't see it anywhere. I don't see it either. All right. Well, I mean, so it. So it, it, were they telling people behind the scenes? Were, were people contacting them and saying, is this stuff good? And then are there emails uh, out there like that? Or uh, I just, you know, I've been to their website and I don't, I don't even see, uh, I think it might say diacetyl, but it doesn't say AP. I just can't find it. Um, and, and if you look at their press release, their, their, their be aware or, or you're on notice uh, blog post uh, that, uh, they, they clearly say they're going to continue to use uh, acetylpropanol mm -hmm. because it's okay. Mm -hmm. And yep. it doesn't have the risk. They're, they're maintaining it doesn't have the risk profile of, of diacetyl. Yeah, well, that's what they say. And we'll see what happens as a re result of that again. Uh, if you're a vapor in the state of California who has bought five pawns and you have a receipt, email me at clickbangradio at gmail.com. What's going to happen is going to be very interesting. Uh
Well, can I guess what that might be? Because I, there was news you, about you can guess. I won't. Five I won't, months ago. Yeah, I won't confirm or deny anything at this point. I can't. Okay. Well, well, five months ago, uh, one of these little uh, uber liberal uh, nanny state think tanks went and uh, started uh, suing uh, about twenty different vendors uh, for not labeling that they have nicotine on their bottles, uh, which is a Prop sixty five warning. And so Five Ponds was one of them that did not have that on their labels. Uh, very graphically wonderful labels, except it doesn't have um, the Prop 65 warning that if you're a nursing or potentially pregnant mother that you should not be using nicotine. So that, that happened uh, for a whole bunch of vendors, uh, including Five Ponds. Uh, and the way that the, this think tank uh, can go at people, if you're a store in California and you don't have those labels on your on your e-liquids they can go at you as the store itself it's not just the the, the manufacturer so uh, you know I, I don't know what to, this is something that uh, you know some of the trade groups are, are, are working on and and stuff like that if, if people are members of those but otherwise if you're a store in California I would go to Staples and buy some stickers and label everything that's on your shelves and put a label on everything, even if you're just doing it yourself, uh, and tell your vendors put that warning. I mean, and there should be no reason why you don't put a nicotine warning on there because as a vapor, you say, oh, look, warning, it has nicotine, and you're a vapor, you say, oh, great, I wanted nicotine, and everybody's happy. Um, and I've, I've got bottles here that have little skulls and crossbones on it, uh, and that doesn't bother me at all either. So people shouldn't be worried about doing that. But uh, everything in your store uh, should have that because this is one of these liberal think tanks that uh, that has nothing better to do than to send out lawyers to to hurt people, uh, and they're doing that already. No, um, all I can, so I don't know to, if that's to the, issue or not, but that's just yeah. a, that's a heads up. No, uh, you just educated me, so um, I didn't know about that, which should answer your question. No, it's it's not that. It's actually far worse. So we'll see. Um, uh, listen. Yeah, so that's just an, an aspect. Uh, I mean, and that's, uh, you know, uh, I think Cynthia Cabrera has mentioned something like that before, uh, and that's kind of one of the benefits of being a Safada member, which uh, is a pretty low rate. Uh, and last I looked it up, if I was a store, a small store, it's like 250 a year. So it's not a cost-prohibitive thing. And, and one of these little, uh, you know, if anybody in California gets sued, it's going to cost them a minimum $10,000. It's like an extortion racket, too. Uh, I mean, there's like five different – I looked this all up about four or five months ago. That There's like four or five lawyers of these type of cases, these Prop 65 cases, that have like uh, – of the like 3,000 that were done, like four or five lawyers have 2,000 of them. There's there's lawyers that just go out and do this, and, and they've been signed up and and been alerted on this one. So uh, go to Staples and, and, and put some labels on your bottles. If not, talk to Safada. They'll probably tell you what, what you could do, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that was like a while ago. Well, Ed, unless you got anything else you want to talk about on uh, on this topic, we should move on to talking about uh, SB140 and Nickelwire. Uh, I'll let you choose again what you want to talk about next. Uh, well, we can touch on SB640 because it's going to be pretty quick because I can't tell you all that much. But, uh, you know, essentially what, what's happened is that there was a big fundraiser that was publicly known uh, where Safada 
there's a NorCal and a, a Southern Cal uh, where they, they got enough funding to do a lobbyist uh, to combat these bills that were being pushed out by the California legislatures. And, and then what they did is they, they created five, I think it was five different bills, and it was really one bill. It's, you know, it should have all been one bill, but they're throwing them all up at the same time, and they're announcing them at the same time. So it's kind of like three, three or four torpedoes in the water all trying to kill the same thing, which is vaping. Uh, so the one that is tomorrow is SB 140, which is talking about uh, changing the definition of what um, uh, what uh, what smoking is essentially. And uh, let me see, I, I've got a Safaga link I can probably pull right here um, from July. Uh, here it is. Uh, one second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's the same link. Maybe. I, uh, this is a different link. Yours is the CASA link. Uh, and CASA is, is actually, I have to say, is right now doing an exceptional job of, of categorizing categorizing all the state bills. I know that they had wanted to offload the function of the, 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 the local stuff to uh, the vaping militia, but they've had to take it back, I guess. But if, whenever I'm looking at anything, if I go to CASA, they, they, they directly link. And I think it's... Uh, Alex Clarkson and uh, maybe Jan, I don't know who's actually doing it. I'm pretty sure it's Alex, but uh, that are putting that stuff together. So there's just a good, a lot of good information that Casa is doing right now. Mm -hmm. But so SB 140 is to change the definition around uh, of, of what, uh, of what uh, uh, vaping is. Uh, so it, for the entire state, it defines essentially vaping as, uh, as smoking right. and, and, as the Senator Leno, uh, Senator out of San Francisco, is saying that once this is done, it opens it up for taxes. Um, but, you know, there's no taxes in this specific one. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of different things. And so, uh, you know, I, I went to the first hearing, which was back about two months ago, and then uh, it's still progressing along. I'm no expert in all the legislation, but there's a chance for it to stop tomorrow or there's a chance for it to continue onwards. So hopefully it'll be stopped, but um, it may or may not be. Uh, if, if it doesn't get stopped, it's not the end of the fight. Uh, but uh, my understanding is uh, what, what was published uh, is that Greg Connolly will be there and Eric Beal uh, will be there both speaking uh, on the floor, um, yeah. so the way these things work, at least our experiences, that that they have a little table where they have the the, the invited. I, and, and my term is going to be wrong, but they have the, the the people in the opposition, and they have the people in the the proponents and the opponents of the bill, and they go up there and speak. Like when when I was there last, uh, Glance was one of the people that was speaking uh, for the bill, um, and there's some other uh, people there. So they'll have their side, and then uh, on on the vapor side, there'll be a couple different people. I'm not sure, you know, who else will be there, but Eric uh, Beal from Safada will be there, and uh, Greg Connolly, they just said today, is going to be showing up too. So that will be interesting. Uh, you know, they'll have to do a mic check after uh, after Greg talks for sure. Um, so then after that, uh, after those two groups uh, go, the, the senator will get up there, say they have been allowed both sides. And then they'll ask for public comments. And it's debatable how much a person can say. With the last time, um, there was at least, I'd say, 100 different vapors there. Uh, I didn't bother to count, but there was, there was a video uh, of about you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes of people just 
platooning up and saying they're they're opposed to it. Mm-hmm. So Cutwood, is my understanding, uh, has sponsored a bus of uh, vendors from Southern California that's going to be traveling up. Uh, it's going to be, I guess, a big party bus, uh, and they're going to they're going to come up and show up. So there should be a pretty high turnout, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I will be going again, um, and that that's kind of the update there. Uh, the reason why California is kind of important is because it's the biggest state in the union. And as far as anything, uh, tree hugging, uh, and, and trying to save the kids, uh, California is the absolute leader. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, if this can be stopped, it'll be a good thing. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually, uh, talk, one of the other things- I actually talked to Greg just before the show to see if he wanted to come on and, and talk about what's going on in California tomorrow. Um, but it turns out he's got a, a flight at 4 a.m., to get out there so he's asleep by now and um you know he he told me he said you know this is really this is our best and probably last chance to kill it because the committee it's in right now is fairly conservative if it can be killed in this committee and we'll find out tomorrow because you know there'll be public comments and as far as as far as i know they're voting on it also tomorrow once it clears that committee, yes, they are. yeah. Once it clears that committee, if it, if it doesn't fail or, or or if it's not to, or something, if we don't stop it tomorrow, um, I don't want to say give up, but the the chances of stopping it after that point are very very slim because then it goes in front of, you know, other you know perhaps other committees that are certainly more liberal than the one that that's, it's in front of now, and then the entire assembly is just going to go with whatever the con whatever the uh, the vote of the the uh, the, the initial assembly, the initial committee is. It's just not good. It's not good after tomorrow. If we can't stop it tomorrow, things get really bad. Things get ugly, and then we are ending up with, as as you said, the most populous state in the nation, uh, explicitly cat- categorizing vaping as smoking legally. It is will be the same thing, open to the same bans, open to the stra- same restrictions, open to the same taxes. Um, it's just it, it's a bad. It's a tomorrow's either going to be a real good day or a real bad day. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, Safada has basically been all over this. I, I know that there is, uh, I still believe there's a, uh, there's an Android lobbyist that's working on it. If you look at the actual documents on, on the site itself, uh, there's a whole list of different people that are uh, in favor of it. But as far as the people that are opposed to it, there's just three groups. Um, and one of them is Enjoy, one is Safada, and one of them is, I, I don't, I think it was uh, Normal uh, was the other one. Uh, but it's, it's a uh, you know David and Goliath type of a scenario here. Um, so what I just posted in the chat is uh, a link to the United Vapors uh, Facebook, which has a uh, a bus that's paid for by Cutwood, and it has all the different vendors that are going to be taking uh, that bus. Uh, there's like Oakshire Trading, Mr. Nice. There's a you know some of these names are just logos and stuff. So if people want to go. Uh, it, it, I think it says there's uh, still about 30 spots on the bus mm-hmm. if uh, people want to uh, to go. So just go to the, the United Vapors, uh, and I think they're the people that are kind of facilitating it. So there should be a good turnout again, and I think the turnout might be better than the first one, which which was pretty impressive the, the first time. So uh, it should be a good show. Uh, the other bill that's going through California, um, and I, this is kind of my peeve. Uh, I'm not sure if, if other people are looking at this as much as I am, but 151 is going to change the smoking age uh, in California uh, to 21, mm-hmm. and that's for analog. Mm-hmm. So if this bill goes through, 
and that bill goes through, that means that everybody that is 18 to 21 that is vaping now uh, the next day or maybe 90 days later uh, won't be allowed to vape anymore. Yeah. And that, I, 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 this is, for some reason, I think, I don't know, the, the, the vendors, store owners know better their business than I, but to me, if you're, if you're taking out 18 to 21 and you're a vape shop, um, and selling those legally now, and then those people are just gone, and, and people will stop selling them. I think that could be a chunk out of their business. Uh, yeah. So well, that's why. Yeah, we know. Well, we already know it, it does. I mean, that is the law now, today, in New York. In New York, well, not New York State. In New York City, you cannot buy electronic cigarettes unless you're over 21. Um, and you better believe, yeah, of course it takes a, it takes a chunk out. There's, listen. There's, people start smoking when they're fi- when they're 15 or, or younger. So there there are a ton of people out there who are smokers, who are 18, who are 19, who are 20, and they can't legally buy it in the city. They'd have to either leave the city or find a way to do it online. It's a significant barrier, you know. So, oh, I I guess they're getting cigarettes somehow, but yeah. So it, 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 yeah. So if 151 goes through and then 140 goes through, then. Uh, you know, that, that's going to knock out all that. They, they've already, w- when Leno went up there, uh, he said that, uh, that it's not, it, we, the, the question was asked from one of the committee members, would this stop anybody from vaping? And he stood there, you know, bald faced and said, uh, no, of course this wouldn't. Everybody, you know, this is not going to change it for vapors. It's just going to, uh, to do this. But uh, what would actually, if 151, which he's a co-sponsor of, goes through, then it does knock them off. So when they announced all these bills, they all got up together and as a team announced these, had a little press release. I watched the thing. They all stood up and they announced it. So what they're doing is they're, they're playing hide the ball. So Leno said it doesn't affect them, but it, it does if 151 goes through. And if, if it 151 goes through and they both go through, it's going to be like a $100 million hit to the bottom line of, of California. They won't take in $100 million worth of taxes. And I think it, it said something like $10 million out of the general fund. So it, it's kind of, it, they're, they're really playing games. Now, I, I wanted to, to say that as much as I could, except they, they, uh, they don't really give you that much time when you give your public comments. So I, I might try and make that case again tomorrow, uh, depending on if I have any time at all. But I'm sure that they'll... They'll, you know, I, I have every reason to believe that the people that are assigned to actually be the real people uh, will do a good job. And then Greg obviously has has plenty of experience, uh, and sometimes it knocks him out of the park too. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, good luck, um, uh, good but, luck, uh, good luck, Carol, California. If you're if you're a vapor, or if you're a store owner, whoever you are, if you can make it to Sacramento tomorrow, you know, there's plenty of ways to get there. Like I just shared that link. There's a bus taking people up there. If you can get yourself up there. You can't do any of that stuff. The Casa thing I just shared, you know, you could send an email or, you know, do something. Um, it's it's going to be a big day tomorrow. Should be a part of it. Yeah, people are going to meet there up, up at about 1030. I think they, the, the hearing starts at, at 130. So it's, it's going to be a small vape event outside. Uh, the last time people went up to the vapor spot, uh, there's two places, uh, either the vapor spot or uh, or the poorhouse up in uh Sacramento. So there might be, it, it could be a tiny vape event uh, if, if you want it to be. Um, and I, there's a, an event going on in Reno um, in, on Friday. So there could be a lot of people up there uh, who knows will show up. So it, it'll be good if you can show up. Is there, a, these things are uh, typically live streamed, aren't they? 
It should be, yes. It will be. I'm almost certain of that, yes. Yeah, well, stay tuned. I'm sure people will post that link once it's live tomorrow on social media if you guys want to watch and follow along. Um, yeah, big day. So you want to talk about nickel? Yeah, sure. Um, w with nickel, uh, there there was a guy. Um, let me see if I go over there uh, back one. Uh, there was a guy uh, that posted on Facebook. Uh, either somebody, I, I don't know where I saw it. Somebody posted it, um, and then I just repeated it. And it's a guy named Ron from Independence Vapors uh, over in uh, Willow Grove in Pennsylvania, and uh, he did a really good. Uh, you know, a talk about the danger of vaping with nickel wire. And I just bought the Evic VT and, and I'm having my own issues, which I had to, I had to figure out. And then, uh, it turns out that, that it in wattage mode, it always fires for 30 seconds at 30 Watts. And you can never remove that for the first one second after it comes awake. Um, and, uh, so uh, I I'm using, uh, basically Nautilus tanks uh, for a lot of my current vaping and just was switching over to uh, to nickel or whatever temperature. So uh, it was burning out my coil. So anyway, I've got that. So I started playing with the nickel coil and, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm learning about the device and all this stuff. So this guy posts this thing about nickel wire and, and he does a pretty good explanation. And, and the bottom line, where, which it comes down to, is that uh, nickel is a carcinogen. Uh, it's a known carcinogen. Um, it... it it can, uh, it has different issues with it. And he, his point where he comes to at the end is that, you know, we're adopting this stuff really fast, but nobody is, is talking about the safety. Uh, and, and he goes through a lot of different stuff where it's been a while since I watched it, you know, I watched it yesterday. Uh, and he has a whole little list. Uh, so I posted that on Phil Brasardo's page and, uh, Phil came back, uh, with a response, uh, which he had, the, the Ron uh, from Independent Vapors uh, had had already given him this information, and uh, so Phil had a response to it, um, and uh, then I had a response. Then I had looked again, and I found a, a ton of information, and uh, I mean, sure, nickel is in nichrome, but it's it's an alloy in nichrome, and when it's pure nickel, it's a very soft metal. Uh, it's been known to leach, um, and um, it, there's a whole bunch of stuff where nickel causes lung uh, damage uh, when it's inhaled. There's a lot of, you know, environmental uh, studies as far as, uh, manuf you know, people are smelting it and other types of things like that. Um, and then there's some people that they've even done studies that if they remove nickel out of their diet, their their lungs and their asthma gets better and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff on that. Uh, and then there, the nickel uh, 200 seems to be what everybody's using, but mm -hmm. that stuff is only rated to 600 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so that's right at the top end of of where um, the 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 uh, regulated uh, temperature mods are at. That's that is usually 600 exactly there. So it says it starts to uh, graph uh, uh graph and itization uh and and my understanding of that uh is not that great uh, no no metallurgist but it looks like it's basically starting to break down and there's another uh nickel what's called nickel 201 that has a slightly different change to it and that's rated for the higher power so while everybody's talking about nickel 200 i don't know why we're not using the one that's rated for higher temperatures because if we're kissing 600 and doing it repetitively and, and the stuff can break down, 
it doesn't seem that great of an idea. Then the other point that the guy makes is that a lot of people observe that they can taste either a metallic taste or a fishy taste in their e-liquids. And uh, I've I've confirmed that by looking at reviews that people say that, you know, nickel doesn't taste as good as canthal. No, I I found found that. I, I found it. I found a an unpleasant metal taste. Really? Because I mean, I don't have enough experience at the higher wattages. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm basically talking on something like a cigar. So, uh, uh, I, I anyway, I, I put mine own away. But but his point is is that that people can taste it, and I've read that, and you're confirming it. And lots of people have said that, and some people say that titanium is actually a cleaner taste. Now, I have found so that as well. Titanium might be. A, yeah, so titanium is a whole other animal. It's it's uh, it's non uh, it's inert. Uh, people can have titanium implants and all sorts of stuff. Uh, there's one sort of thing with titanium dioxide that forms on the outside of the coils. Uh, I've looked at videos from like two years ago when people were playing around with uh, with titanium wires just on mechanicals. And so long as it looks like so long as you don't dry burn them ever, that the the little white dust doesn't show up. But there's a lot of people that that have worked in mining this stuff and, and doing there's a lot of people that work with it as, as just in, in, in industry and titanium doesn't seem to have the same risk profile uh, I, I don't have all the answers on titanium but my, my guess is right now it's okay uh, but it, you know it, it, so but since most all the devices coming out uh, are for nickel uh, it, I'm just going to talk about that one uh, so if you if you can taste it in your e-liquid and it's a soft metal, and it can break down, there's a high chance that the stuff is leaching. Uh, and and if, if people believe that if you can taste formaldehyde, the, the dry puff phenomenon, that, that, that the human can taste it real quick before the formaldehyde gets to be anything, it seems another thing that if, if you're getting a metallic taste, you're probably tasting nickel. It's not like a dog's nose that can pick out anything, but you're probably tasting something. It's probably there. And is it at the levels that screws up your lungs? I don't know. But if, if there's metal that goes into your lungs, I think it's hard for your lungs to get rid of it. Uh, so yeah. nobody's really done a lot of, uh, let me put it this way. I haven't been able to read anything from talking about the safety of nickel. Well, no, there's just nothing I was able to. Yeah, there's a, there's, definitely a, a lack of information and i watched this video too i'll link it in the chat and post it in the replay notes uh listen i i am no expert on well, no expert on most anything but i'm no expert on this stuff but like every you know he, he laid it out pretty well i have no reason to uh to doubt him um oh look someone got in just before the uh just before the phones died let me pick up on him now. I got a caller in the 859 area code. Uh, 859, you're on the air. Welcome to ClickBang. Oh, hi, Russ. This is uh, John from Kentucky. Hey, John. Uh, live down Yeah. Um, I've called you a few times. Uh, I run a small e-cig stand, more or less, out of my truck. Ten seconds. Anyway, I'm licensed and all that, believe it or not. But uh, I'm sorry. I know you guys were talking about nickel. I don't mean to change the subject going back to what you were saying uh about California and the FDA earlier. Oh, but go I, ahead. Guess, okay. I would okay, I just want to get your opinion. Um you know, I was uh talking to a business associate of mine today and uh we've been talking about franchising out what I'm doing and I said, you know, from what I'm seeing 
what's going down with the FDA and whatnot. I don't know if this is such a good idea. We just need to see if we can even survive, much less try to franchise it. So, um, honestly, what right now? What would you tell somebody that you know is is wanting to get into this business? I've been in the business for a year and I've done fairly well, but really, with what's going on, I mean, it makes me wonder. Am I even going to be able to continue to do this? And, you know, she was of the opinion that, well, if the FDA makes, you know, things more regulated, you'll just have to buy FDA-regulated products. And I said, wait a minute, you don't understand. The juices I have, I don't know if those will be able to even become FDA-approved. And I have customers that love some particular flavors here. And if they can't get them, you know, what I was trying to say was we can't just sell something just because it's FDA approved. That doesn't mean people will like it. Mm-hmm. If they don't like it, they won't buy it. So uh, anyway, what's your opinion uh, right now? Would you advise somebody to get into this business or would you just steer clear of it? Well, I'd, I'd have two. I'd have two answers depending on what side of the business. Now, I understand you're uh, in the brick-and-mortar type area, but but before we get to that, what I'd say, right. if you were, if, if I was an e-liquid manufacturer and I was looking to expand, mm-hmm. I would look at Canada and Europe as uh, opportunities with much less chance of oppressive regulation. As a brick and mortar, I would say it's, it's, it's extremely uncertain. Here's what I do believe, and this is not pleasant, um, but it's, it, it's a path. I, I don't think that the FDA can regulate any liquid unless it has nicotine in it. So in practice, what that would mean is it would be a very annoying thing where you could still sell liquids that have no, um, that have no nicotine in them. And at that point you would have, you would also choose to, or either, or not choose to, but you could choose to also supply a vapor with, um, a bottle that has a little bit of nicotine that they could then add themselves to the bottle. I don't think that's something that you would be able to do, but you'd probably be able to get your hands on, you know, there'll be big companies out there that make just nicotine base. Uh, they'd have it a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a fairly low concentration or whatever it was in a, in a, and that would be, you know, they'll, they will get FDA approval on that. There, that will be available uh, to the public. And then it's just going to be a very annoying thing where you're going to have to take two bottles and combine them into one. Not a great solution, but I think it's going to be around. I think it's going to exist that's my two okay. cents. And in, 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 in terms of expanding brick and mortars, I, I don't know. That's that's tough. That's tough. I would say yes. I, I would I would say yes. Try to grow your business. Um, okay. That that's my two cents. I don't know if you want yeah. to add anything to that, Ed. Yeah. Um, I, I I would. Um, I think you you have a mobile uh, a mobile shop. That's that that that's right. Um, what I'm doing. I carry a few products, okay? But what I'm carrying is was when they developed the Ego One, that has just been a game changer for a guy like me because I can't carry all the big box mods. I am not a vape store. I sell vaping, but I'm not really in competition with vape stores because I don't have a big enough investment in this. So I pretty much sell, you know, from a table, out of a truck, in a parking lot. However, I am licensed and I am insured, and I am legitimate. I pay state, excuse me, state sales tax. So kind of like a professional flea market vendor. <laughs> it's kind of like what I am. 
So, and right. I couldn't really, you know, carry the latest uh, the Kanger uh, mini box that's all the rage now. I couldn't carry that. But the Ego One, oh, that's very doable for me to carry, and it's comparable in what it will do to uh, some of the bigger box mods. So. Oh yeah, that's a nice device, and it's, it's. I mean, I think that's a brilliant idea. I I, I think that yeah. having a mobile one. I mean, you probably go to every uh, Lollapalooza, uh, Palooza, Palooza, and you just show up. Uh, that's a great business. I think that's brilliant, really. Uh, what I yeah. would suggest is is that you. Uh, I mean, with the Vapor Shark thing, really was a game changer. I think on the whole question of of what people can sell. You you got a palette of forty different vendors, and you know which ones. Are, are tested clean. Uh, and so I would just suggest that you go with brand names, that you just stick with brand names and then expand your business as, as you can. Uh, but if you're, if you're sticking with the brand names, you're going to get your customers used to stuff uh, that are, that, that they should likely be able to survive. I mean, I'm trying to work on that still, believe it or not, on, on with the, yeah. uh, trying to get e-liquids approved. But but I think that there will be many, uh, you know, in the hundreds or, or, or over 100 uh, companies that survive. So if you stay with those and, and, and build up good relationships with those brands, uh, that, sh- that should do you really well. And then just, you know, run as fast as you can and build as fast as you can. It's It's going to be a while before they can – They'll take all of these things off the market if they could. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it as as radical as, as some people do, but there it should be at least for the big brands. Uh, it'll be at least two years, two and a half years before they can even touch them. Yeah, so there there is a, got a long like like Ed was saying that the, the, the with the, whatever the FDA decides to do, if they were to come out with this stuff tomorrow, which they're probably not, but it's possible that there's still a two year grace period. You know, so. You got at the minimum two years, and it's likely going to be longer than that because there's going to be legal challenges also. So, I mean, whatever the FDA decides on, you know, you're looking at a minimum two, two and a half years before it becomes law of the land. And that's enough time to, you know, make adjustments in in your life and what what you're going to do and make a decision from there. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even, even in the worst case scenario, um, I wouldn't slam on the brakes today. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate that advice. I do. And, like, I, I, I'll come out and be honest. I do mix my own juices at home, and I sell them to my customers, and I am up front. I tell them immediately, I do mix this at home. I wear gloves. I bleach down the counter. But, you know, you have the right to know that. You need to know that. And if you would like for me to carry this pre-bottled, I will be glad to. But it will be more expensive, and I let them pretty much make the choice. Now, I'm all about buying it pre-bottled, but it's very very tough and but let me put it this way it's very frustrating when you have like a fantastic vanilla flavor that people love and suddenly you sell out of the 12 milligram and all you need is the 12 milligram but your juice supplier insists you order 30 bottles you, you see where i'm getting at mm-hmm. so you're spending money whereas when you can mix it yourself it's not so much that you're, you know, lining your pockets as much as it is convenience and, and it's much easier and you don't have to spend as much money. So I don't know where all that will go eventually. You know, if the, the health department here in Kentucky will, you know, put their feet down and say we want a clean room and all that, I can, I can maybe go that route. We discussed that before, <clears throat> you know, about it's not too expensive to put in a clean room. But that's the thing about this whole vaping business. I, I just... None of us really know what's going to happen here, you know. 
And so I'm kind of taking baby steps here. You might be able to, you know, get some other people together and have kind of a clean room where uh, people kind of rent space in um, mm-hmm. and do it that way. I, you know, it depends, I don't, I don't know your area, but something like that would be possible. How, how do you address the uh, diacetyl and uh, the AP? Because uh, you just mentioned that, you know, do you just pick flavors yeah. that that are from that are being represented by the flavor houses that as they're being clean, or how do you deal with that? That, that's an excellent question. All I can do at this point is just contact my juice supplier and uh, see if he's even aware of this issue and if he even knows. Because you know as much right now about my own liquids on that issue as I do. I'm not, I don't carry five ponds, but, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I buy from a supplier out of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, he has delicious juices, and I've been mixing them. This is something I've not paid attention to at at the moment, but that's got to change. I, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, you know, legal troubles with this down the road. So yeah, that's a very good question. How do I even find out? All I know to do at the moment is contact him and ask him if he's even aware of this. So, so he's selling you pre-made flavors and you're just mixing them into the batch. That's correct. That was that. Okay. And I get all my, all my flavors, my uh, propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, nicotine, everything I buy from him, and I just put it under my own labeling. Well, what I would do, and, what, yeah. I, what I would do is I would contact him and say, hey, have you guys tested the flavors for diacetyl and acetylpropanol? And if so, you mind if I look at the lab results? Um, if they give you the runaround or something like that, that's probably a red flag. If they supply you, if they say, yeah, we sure okay. have, and here, here's all our test results, um, you know, that's that, that's the most important first step, and I, I'd feel a lot more comfortable at that point. Yeah, and, yeah. and he has a lot of different, he has a lot of different options because there's a company called ECB Blend that, uh, that they, they sell the same type of stuff, um, that it's the pre-made flavors that people can mix. They're a member of AIMSA and, uh, you know, uh, American E-Liquid Manufacturers uh, Standards Association. And they, so they, you know, you could continue to do what you're doing with them. Uh, or, or, and if you're, if the guy you already have, it sounds like he's big enough, he'll probably know the answers to these questions. Uh, but that, that should keep you going. Uh, I mean, you you still have a lot of options, even even if that guy wasn't wasn't you know if he does sounds like he probably does, but even if he weren't, there'd be other options for you to do that. Right, right. And, okay, I will definitely you know and, check and into Matt, that. There's another company called Mad Vapes that uh, part of their franchise model is that every e-liquid uh, every franchise mixes the e-liquids in the stores. Uh, they're kind of doing the same thing that you're doing. Right. Um, so that so. It's unknown how the FDA will deal with that right now because you have large companies that are supporting what you're doing. Okay, yeah. Well, there's there's such a there's such an advantage to mixing it, even though I I don't mix it right there on the table. It's like if if I can tell a customer, man, I'm so sorry, I'm out of that 12 milligram. I'll have it first thing in the morning for you, and I do, and they come back. You know, but I, I've even got that. But if I couldn't mix it myself, it just I'm not saying it's impossible for me, but it, it makes it a lot harder, a lot more complicated. So it, it's just a matter of simplicity. But at the same time, you know, people have, you know, they, they want, you know, quality stuff and they want safe stuff. I understand that completely. And uh, to be honest, you can also tie up a lot of time mixing juice. It's time consuming. So uh, anyway, uh, 
I don't mean to lose my train of thought here, but uh, uh, well, there's 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 at least two AMS and MSers that are supporting your brand of business already. So you're 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 not the only one that's doing that. So there's large companies that that want you as their customer. Right, right. That would be good. Well, you know, people just like to. You just don't know how many times, okay, somebody that, um, you know, a vendor like me, that they come up and say, I want to try one of these. What flavors do you have? And uh, I like that cherry, okay, but uh, you think I need more nicotine in it? You know, you get these questions all the time. You know, it's it's just like somebody, you know, walking into a bar and, and wanting a mixed drink, you know. It's, a bar's got an advantage if they can mix a drink, whereas if they said, oh, we've got canned beer, that's all, you know. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's the advantage to, to mixing liquid. But as you guys have pointed out, and as we all know, you know, a lot of places are mixing this stuff. No regulations whatsoever. You don't know if the, if the place is clean. I mean, I mean, come on. There needs to be some regulation to that. I understand that fully. Uh, but, you know, with, with, with what's going on in California again, what we're seeing, um, I hope that doesn't come to pass, you know, in my state. We're a long way from California, but I guess it all remains to be seen. Up here in Kentucky, I'm not too far from Dimitri, by the way. I'm about 125 miles north of him. So, And Tennessee seems to have a pretty good lobby right now. So I don't know what will happen with Kentucky, but Tennessee's not too far away. And uh, you were talking about the Confederate flag earlier. Gosh dang, when I was – let's see, I'm close to 50, uh, Russ. And uh, when I was a little kid in the 70s, when we would go to Florida, as soon as you crossed into Tennessee, you saw the Confederate flag a few places all the way to Florida. I don't know if you remember those days or not. I don't know why I brought that up, but I thought I would, whatever that's worth. <laughs> well, yeah, it's something. Um, again, that's not the Confederate flag. That's Dixie, but that's another, you know, we went through that already. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks for calling in again. Always like hearing from you, sir. Okay, guys. Have a good evening. All right, Take, care. Take it easy. All right, so uh, so Ed, let's go back to Nickel. And he, I mean, after I saw that video, yeah, let me drop it in the chat here, and I'll put it in the replay notes too. You know, some of the things he talked about, like I was saying to myself, yeah, I get that weird taste, and I didn't find it um, pleasant. I, you know, there was a, I, I went out and I actually bought some Nickel wire because I was excited to get going with this temperature c- control thing, and then I bought some coil heads, you know, rebuildable coil heads for the Ego One. Uh, that comes with the Evic VT, and I tried doing nickel builds with it, and it was just hard. It was hard to work with. It was hard to. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. And you know, from what I've been told, I talked to some people who had, who have been using nickel for a long time, and they said, "Listen, if you really want to get it right, you really want it to work really, really well, you're gonna need like, a, like a ton of wraps. You know, you're gonna. You know, if you if you if you got an RDA with a lot of space." You do a ton of wraps on the thing, and you got something like a DNA 200 device that could really, bl- then you're going to have a really good experience and a really, really good vape with it. It's hard to do when you're only got a few, a few wraps to deal with. You're, you're, it's going to be tough. So I said, okay. And, you know, then I tried the nickel, I'm sorry, I tried the titanium coils that, that came with the Evic VT, and that, that was better. But really, you know what? I, de- I decided I'm just like, you know, as, lo- as far as nickel's concerned, number one, the vape, I didn't really love it um number two the video kind of like i don't know if if, the, if what the guy's saying you know what do i need it for i'm having trouble getting the thing to work great and there's all this other shit you know even if half the stuff he's saying is true i don't particularly want that 
So I'm just done with it, really, for now. And, and until somebody comes out with, with some kind of data that says, you know, no, this is absolutely, you know, nickel is absolutely safe and stuff. And then and then I consider it, but I'd consider it on another device that, that, that could really do it right. Titanium's another story. I'm, I'm, I'm still interested in making that work. Because, you know, the temperature control thing, it's a really cool idea. Um, but I ain't going to do it with nickel at this point. And I guess you can, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess I go buy some titanium and try to build stuff on that. But, you know, at this point, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, Ed, I, I was going, you know, reviewing or, or, or commenting, I guess, between the Kanger starter box, the, 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 uh, the, cable, the, the, the sub, sub box, I think they call it, that comes with the, with the sub, uh, sub tank mini. I had one of those. I didn't have a good head on it. I didn't have a good tank. I got a bum tank. But but since then, I got one. And you know what? I've been using that a lot. I love it. And just with Canthal, I, it, part, of, part of me is just like, it's such a good vape. You know, I use the rebuildable uh, section of it. So I just make my own coil. I settled in. I'm using about, you know, a 0.7 coil, running it around 21, 22 watts. And you know what? It's a fucking fantastic vape. The thing is, you know, lights out gorgeous. Yeah, maybe I'm not gonna fuck with anything else. It's every now and then, I, I I settle into using something for several months. I say I gotta try something new. I gotta try something new. Temperature control or something, and you know I'm using this thing, and you know, I'm really happy with it. It's easy. It works great. It's beautiful. I don't know. Maybe I'm done with the temperature stuff. I, I don't. Maybe I don't need this nonsense. I don't know. Maybe it's for someone else to. Well, do. Yeah, I, I I think temperature control is interesting too, uh, and, and but I, I haven't, you know, I, when I used it, 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 it was, it was a new type of vape for me. Uh, but when I, I looked for just anything on coil safety and you can find stuff on, on Reddit, you can find some stuff on, uh, on, uh, ECF, uh, and, uh, including, uh, vapor underground, you can find stuff on, uh, on it, but there's nothing from a single manufacturer that, that is making them and putting them into retail stores. I mean, these things are in retail now, and there's not a single anybody saying anything. The closest thing I was able to find uh, was what Evolve had a conversation with uh, with uh, with uh, Phil Bersardo, and and he uh, he posted that. Uh, I just had it. I just posted that in, in the room. Um, that 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 he talks about. Um, you know what the safety is, and and what they say in, in the Phil Bersardo post. Is that it? The, the amount of nickel that is coming out is comparable to uh, inhalers uh, that have already been approved. That's like the, the their, their safety expectation is because it matches what uh, something that's already been approved. But but when I when I saw that, the first thing I thought is that nobody uses an inhaler even close to how they're using a vaporizer. No. Uh, so. I mean, it, it's just that's all that there is. Um, uh, the toxic amounts of uh, metals uh, are trace and comparable to the amounts in uh, in an examined therapeutic product, uh, and that's that's as far as they say. And um, that does that's not good enough because I, I don't think you know that means it's putting out nickel. Uh, there, there's a safety level, and that uh, the inhaler. I just I can't imagine what what I think is I, I probably hit my trigger about 600 times a day and uh, the 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 inhaler people probably use it six times a day so it's just it's just 100 times different I don't and they're saying it, it for each hit it's about the same uh, I I don't know how but that's the only and I posted in the chat that's the only thing I've seen that's even talking about it and again there's something called nickel 201 uh, that 
is supposed to be better for high temps. I don't know why they're not using it. Uh, and what they're saying is that the, the odd taste that people get is coming from the grease when they expel the wire. Uh, but I looked at, at my coil head uh, when when it was brand new, and it, it looked pristine. I mean, it looked like it was washed and, and whatever not. So I, I don't think it's the grease that is causing the flavor change. And if you're getting a flavor change from nickel, that's probably meaning that nickel's in your vape and nickel's bad for your lungs. That that's, and so from my perspective, where you know I'm trying to get this stuff approved. I mean that that's that's a goal, uh, and and they have tests where they have found nickel in in cartomizers before, but that's because there you know there's welds in the in the cartomizer, the metal cartomizers, you know old fashioned cartomizers, and you know they found metals in there, but. It, it, what I even asked the question at the FDA when it was presented, have they tried anything that was all stainless, all silicon, uh, you know, food grade silicon and, uh, and basically uh, uh, either silica or cotton and they can't all wick because I don't see how they're going to get a lot of these metals when they're, they're not inside the base product. Um, and they said they hadn't tested those, but if we have these new devices going out, uh, and then that some researcher can get clever and just pick these and then they're going to get nickel in there and then they got another study that they can publish. So th this stuff is already out in the distribution ch channel and nobody has, nobody's even saying that they are safe. If you go to the Evolve site, there's no information on nickel wire at all and um, you just can't find it. Uh, mm. Other than that Phil Bersardo post, there, I, I've seen nothing on it um, except for, you know, people that are experimenting uh, and doing their best, uh, I think that uh, maybe that Pegasus Academy guy might have done something on it. And I've seen some of his videos, and they're really excellent. But um, I mean, that's that's the concern. I, I you know, I, when with some of this stuff, I just become a real wuss. Uh, I mean, I won't use nickel just because I don't want to have to worry about it. Um, yeah, me I, too. I mean, I I think that can't. I think canthal, and people are saying that canthal has better taste anyway. Um, so uh, somebody's also mentioning that uh, in in, in it, Inokin might be able to come up with something with uh, a canthal temperature controlled. And if that's the case, uh, that sounds like the way to go. Uh, yeah, I think you know, so. I'll be six months behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, it's just, it's the, you know, it's classic case temperature, you know, temperature control has been around for a little while, but it's, it's becoming kind of mainstream now, you know, cause the big companies are, are, are selling solutions for it. It's kind of like with everything just, uh, and you know, I didn't do this, but, you probably should just wait three months. See, wait three months. Look around, see what's doing, and you know, then then decide. I think, I think it's too soon right now. To, 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 for me, well, for me, I did it, but if, if, in hindsight, I, I would have waited. Uh, you know, yeah. There'll you know there'll be science, there'll be improvements in the technology, there'll be all sorts of stuff. And right now, what's out there, at least for the you know, buy a kit and you're off and running. Well, I bought one. I ain't using it that way anymore. Yeah. Well, on Reddit, they've been playing with nickel, you know, for years. Uh, yeah. You can get this guy that did the video, this Ron from Independence Vapors. Uh, I mean, he, he, I really like the way he explained it. It's 15 minutes long, and he, he just has this really nice uh, way of logically laying it out. Yeah. He's not overselling. He's not underselling. He's just, just, these are facts. This is what happens. This is what it is. Uh, and, and, and the end of the message is, 
uh, you know, we're rolling this stuff out real fast. Uh, we need to look at it. That's just where he ends. Uh, if you if you look at the video, that he, he disabled his comments on the video, so it, he's not trying to get attention or anything like that. It's just a it's just a really really well done video. So th- that's that's the only reason I even looked at this because I, I saw this video and uh, yeah, people I think should watch. Yeah, perfect sense. And I, know, I, everyone should you know you should watch it and make a decision for yourself. If you don't you don't think it's credible that the, the, there's dangers with it, then go ahead use the nickel. What the fuck do I care? But you know, you should at least listen to the guy. He seems like he did his homework, you know, and the video is actually uh, extremely easy to watch. It's uh, He did a good job with it. Yeah, the, the only other thing that kind of goes along with this is that uh, is that Five Palms is coming out with a, uh, a propylene glycol alternative, uh, which is uh, propanadol, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you look, it... it the only thing that that's going on with that is it's just another thing that's completely new in the mix. It's a patented product that uses E. coli to uh, to ferment the stuff naturally, um, and so th- th- there's just a lot of people that are bringing new stuff into the vape world that is going to have a whole new risk profile than the stuff that we already know. I'm I'm kind of content with canthal, you know, pol- you know, uh, glyc- uh, vegetable glycerin. Uh, you know, and the ingredients, but if, if people keep on expanding it out to these other things, then the FDA has to has to get more reactive. Um, and, and the company that makes this is DuPont, and they make carpets out of it, and they do other stuff with it. Uh, they've already said officially that it's a patented product, and that they don't want anybody using it in the vapor industry. Yeah, I saw and that. My understanding of what, yeah, patents, the way patents work uh, is that they can they can tell people not to use it in their product so long as they're the patent holder. I don't know how many more years they've got, but they can stop five pawns from doing it. Um, so that's, I mean, it, there's just a lot of this new stuff. I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, you know, we're waiting for any day now that the, the, the regulations are not to drop. So um, I, I don't know. I, it, it just reminded me of the same sort of stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're putting out nickel. Nobody's talking about, you know, what is it safe or not. And uh, at least none of the main, none of the people that are selling it into retail channel are saying, you know, this is what we know. It kind of reminds me of the same thing that uh, Aspire had when they did their, uh, when they did the ceramic coils and the BBCs, uh, that they, they, they ultimately recalled those or didn't re- they ultimately just went to uh, organic cotton. It's a better product too. I just tried them out. So anyway, that's that's more or less what I got. All right. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for coming on this week. You were great, great, uh, great call. You more or less co-hosted tonight, so that's that. That was great, and uh, it was very helpful. So, thanks for that. Yeah. So if uh, if anybody does want to reach me, it's vapingindustry at gmail dot com. Vapingindustry one word, no spaces. Uh, vapingindustry at gmail dot com. Uh, uh, I am trying. I'm the the stuff that I was working with uh, on, on trying to get approvals. I'm still working on it. Uh, if I have a, a real update, I will definitely call you up, Russ. Right on, right on. There he goes, everybody. My friend Ed Wolf. Uh, cheers, boss. Thanks.